continue our series on prayers in the Bible, where we're looking at different prayers in our scriptures and kind of gleaning from them what we can learn about as individuals and corporately as a community of faith, what it means to pray, what it looks like to pray, and the benefits of prayer. Today, as John read, uh, we are looking at the Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew's version of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, many of you may, not the Sermon on the Mount, but what's it called? The Lord's Prayer. Uh, Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer. And many of you may have, if you grew up in church, you have different versions of saying the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, I had the thou's in the arts, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts or trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Who, who's used to trespass? Trespass. Who does debt or debtors? No one. Okay. Um, and what Jesus, <laughs> Mark is there. What Jesus, that, what, what's not in the passage is for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, which is an addition in later writings uh, and church liturgy. But um, our Matthew 6, 9 through 13 um, is basically what we're going to go through. And I'm actually breaking this prayer up, even though it seems like a very simple prayer, right? Because it's Jesus, and Jesus actually says to the disciples, when you pray, this is how you ought to pray. So if Jesus is saying, this is how you pray, and we're doing a series on prayers, we probably should pay attention, right? Like, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. So let's pay attention. And yet, it's so very simple. But we're going we're gonna to break it down to four different weeks. Because I think what's important is, one, to break it down into simple pieces and take a look at it, but also as a community to actually practice it to practice it in what we do, not just think about it or hear a sermon about it, but I want to really practice it. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that we have access to you, that we can approach you um, humbly, that we can approach you as we are, that we can approach you even as we're broken or messed up or we've stumbled. Even though we're not dressed the best or we're not in the best of moods or situations, we can come to you as we are and speak to you, to cry out to you, to lift our voices to you and that you hear. And the scriptures tell us that you hear your people's cries and you deliver and you come. And so we thank you so much for the gift of prayer. Forgive us for the ways that we don't pray more. Forgive us for the ways that we limit um, prayer, that we limit how to pray, when we can pray, what prayer looks like. Help us to expand our vision as individuals in a church about what prayer is. And help us to be free of any baggage of how we grew up or cultural baggage about what prayer should sound like or look like. And just uh, give us, uh, build in us a fire, a fuego, for prayer in this community. Uh, and let us be empowered by your Holy Spirit as we move forward in that. In your name, amen. So this question is for, I know the kids, you guys have a, what is that, doodle box or box, what is it, activity box? But my question to the kids, and I want the kids to answer this, is when I say 
dad. When I say father, what do you think of? What images come to your mind or what words? Dad. You can just shoot it out. Silence. <laughs> dad, dad. Okay, I'll open it up to everyone. Stern. Okay. Dad. Father. One who provides provider. Oh, two in a row. Anyone else? Protection, love. Who said love? Disciplinarian. Yep. Workaholic. <laughs> Other things? Guides us in the right direction. Dad, father. Any kids out there? Come on. I know your parents are in the pews. Don't be afraid. Pastor will tell them there's no consequences to what you say. No. <laughs> People are bad at making jokes. People are bad at making jokes. No, bad jokes. Oh, roasted. <laughs> Anyone else? Anything? Positive or negative? It's okay. Ugly. as I do this because my father, actually my mother and my father are in the, out there, they're, they're here as long as, as well as my brother and my sister-in-law, Christine, Sam, and my dad, -in -law. so welcome them, but I was, uh, so I had to edit everything I was going to say today, <laughs> not today, <laughs> let's talk about dads, oh my dad's here, <laughs> So I'm just going to focus today on the first part of the Lord's Prayer, and that, that's our Father in heaven, hallowed is your name. And really hone on on our Father, our Father. Because Jesus, um, in context, he's been wrestling around with the religious leaders, the Pharisees, and talking about, you know, beware of hypocrites and Pharisees who pray in public and make long-winded prayers and like, this la-la-la-la, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, this, and make a show of their prayers. But then he turns to his disciples and says, but when you pray, this is how you should pray. Pray then our Father, our Father. And actually that first phrase, that address, is radical. It's radical because... The Jewish people, all through scripture, had very reverent addresses and names for God, right? You, you've heard of Yahweh. We've read sometimes scripture, communal scripture, that talks, refers to God as Yahweh, right? And, and for some, you could not even utter, you know, the name of God. You, you can approach, you know, God's name. You can say Yahweh, but he, he, God was someone who was so holy, right? 
And they, uh, in scripture, it refers to Moses as someone who walked with God and saw God. Only a few who saw God face to face and was able to live. And uh, so there's this, this reverence associated with God. There's this holiness associated with the word of God. And, there's, and when we think of reverence and holy and like God, sometimes we think of like, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to even look at you. I can't approach you. You know, I'm going to bow 10 times, take two steps, bow 10 times, take two steps. Right? But when Jesus says, our father, it's a very colloquial phrase, right? It's a very, it's a very intimate address. Dad. Our Father, our Dad in heaven. And we need to think about this. Think about this deeply because it means that when we pray as Jesus' followers and disciples, right, we can be open as if we were speaking to our Father, to our Dad. Dad. And I know growing up, you know, for me, my father was <laughs> my father was an image of provision for me, right? You know, when I worried about, I used to, you know, I used to worry about things I shouldn't have worried about. Like when we transferred schools, we tra moved around a lot, and the office would be like, "Oh, we don't have your immigration or not immigration, your immunization records." <laughs> oh. We don't have your immigration. Uh, immunization records and I would just freak out I would like stress out how am I gonna get those and I was like maybe I can type them out and like forge a doctor's signature this is as a young kid because I somehow took all of the burden of that upon myself and and then later my dad was like why didn't you just tell me it's right here boom and I'm like how did you know how do adults know those things and I would be really relieved right Dads and parents just took care of things. Even when we stressed and we didn't know how it was going to happen, they took care of things. And I always knew growing up, uh, even if I failed, if I went off to college and I failed out, dropped out, if I can't, I could, I could always come back home, right? There's a safety net. A lot of people, not everyone has that safety net or that sense that if you fall backward or if you fell, there would be people that could catch you. But for me, I knew that I have parents, I have a father, I have a mother, and if I failed or I didn't have the resources or didn't know I was falling, I, I would have a safety net that I would be caught. I also know that I'm standing here as a pastor, as a preacher, because my dad was a pastor, right? Like, there were inceptions planted in my heart from a young age. Right? The Bible, the gospel was planted in my heart. Sitting, listening to my father preach on Sundays, even though it was in Korean and I didn't understand a lot, the cadence and the rhythm and his voice and the way that he expressed myself, that became embedded in me. And I know that's a part of me now. Right? And his teachings about, about Jesus and the Bible and a love for scripture, that's implanted in me now, and that's all daddy, that's dad, that's father, 
The other day, my dad was visiting us, and I showed him that my soldering gun, my soldering thing, and how I soldered a wire to my wireless um, Bluetooth card um, because I can attach the wire again. And he was like, I used to like doing things like that, fixing things. And that, and we were like, yeah, we're the same. Because that was put in me too. Like the, the, the DIY, DIY, right? Do it yourself and fix it. Like if a wall breaks down, fix the wall. The only difference between my dad and I is he's a lot more skilled than I am, right? <laughs> His hands are more steady, he's more patient, and he just knows how to do it better. I'm more impatient. I'll just like solder, the, melt all the metal and just stick the wire on it. It'll be like messy. And so now I, have, I don't have Bluetooth because my Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on the card are all one. <laughs> the two wires all became one. But that's, when I think of dad, that's what I think about. If you take the next, we should be on the next slide. If you take the next kind of movement in that, our father in heaven. So while this is a radical, intimate address, our father, my daddy, right? And you know in Galatians, Paul says, Abba, Father. We cry out, Abba, Father, which is the Aramaic. And Jesus uses the word Abba when he prays. That's the Aramaic, Daddy, right? Very intimate, very radical for those days. And so we have this picture of intimacy, like we can come to the Father and ask for anything. We can come childlike. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. We can come open-hearted. We don't have to be formal. We don't have to wear a tie and be all stiff. We don't have to give him, you know, very eloquent phrases. We don't have to pray for an hour before anything actually, you know, there's like an hour minimum, and then after that hour of prayer, then it starts kicking in, right? No, we can come as we are, as much time as we are, as messed up as we are, with as, you know, whatever, as we are, and he receives us, he accepts us. But then the second phrase, in heaven, right? Yes, God is with us. He is like our humanly father. He is like us, and yet he is above us, right? He is outside us. He has authority and power. He's also God, amen? He created the universe. He created the cosmos. He created all things, and he can move all things. He can defy gravity. He can leap tall buildings with a single bound, and he's faster than a speeding bullet, right? And he can jump over locomotives. I'm, oh yeah, I'm talking about God, not Superman. He's in heaven, above and apart from us, and holy is your name. Hallowed be your name. When we say holy, it means you're separated, right? You're separated out. Not untouchable and like glowing, but separated out for a purpose. So there is a sense of authority and power and reverence and holiness when we address God in prayer. But also we're saying, Dad. Right? So that juxtaposition, that tension, is where we should be. Right? It's the same tension that exists in Jesus, the embodiment of both God and humanity in and of himself. Right? Both God and humanity both intimate and approachable and accessible 
and also beyond us. So we can lean in. We can, be, we can hug him and both trust that he has the power to deliver. Amen? Doesn't that just set you free? I want to pray because I can just jump in the daddy's arms, but he's big enough to take care of all of my problems. Amen? That's amazing. Our daddy who's in heaven, you are holy. You are worthy. You are powerful. You can do it. You created everything. And this thing that I'm dealing with, this thing that our church is struggling with, it's small compared to you. And yet you love us so much that you're listening to every voice, every cry that we cry out. Everything that we say is so intimate. Amen? And I want to acknowledge that for some of us, I thought someone said, Dad reminds me of ugly, right? But it was actually cuddly. But for some of us, maybe Dad isn't a great image. Isn't, we don't have a good experience with our human fathers or our human mothers, right? Maybe we don't have a father. We didn't grow up with a father. Maybe our fathers were abusive, right? Or absent, not present. Maybe our fathers abandoned you. And so, right? That just kind of, you know, as soon as I say our father, you're like, boop, screensaver, shut down, right? This, this sermon is obsolete. Because for me, father ain't so great of a thing. And, and I hear that. And I recognize that. And I'd like to say that God knows that as well. And I think that's the piece of our father in heaven and holy is your name. Is that God is above all humanly fathers. Amen. He's the father and mother above all of our parents. We can't really say God is male or female. That's another topic. But you know, in the beginning, God made made, uh, man and woman, right? In his image, he created man and woman. So both man and women are God's image, right? So God transcends and is above male and female. Um, there's images of mother for God and images of father. So anyways, my point is, right? God is in heaven. He's above all fathers and mothers, right? And he's actually listening and wanting to renew and revive the places in our lives that need to redeem, be redeemed. If we lacked the mother's love, he wants to redeem that. If we lacked the father's love, he wants to redeem that. Because he's our father in heaven who is listening and wants to restore that trust in us, that relationship, relational bond, that place that we're lacking in us, in our prayer life, in our walk with him, in our relationship. He wants to be the fullness of father. He wants to be the fullness of mother. He wants to be a fullness of relational connection with us. Amen. Are you with me, church? We all need redemption and healing in our lives. And 
God understands that because God is our Father in heaven. Holy is his name. Amen? And this is a part of how we should pray. And so that's enough preaching. The next slide. We're going to go into exercise, a triggering exercise. So I did some poetry, some creative writing. I thought before going into ministry, I thought about going into grad. I was accepted into grad school for creative writing and poetry. I wanted to be a hippie, bohemian like writer and sit in cafes and like, be poor. Um, <laughs> instead, I decided to become a pastor and be poor. <laughs> uh, and decided to be high on Jesus and not drugs. Um, oh yeah, it's family. Um, but in my, one of my poetry classes, creative writing class, we read this book called Triggering Town. And in this book, Triggering Town, there's a technique in uh, writing uh, called triggering. And it really stuck out to me, and I, I started to use it in my own writing. But it's writing out a line, right? And the last image or the last word of that line, just focusing on it and then letting your brain and your heart just be triggered by that last image. And whatever is triggered by that final movement is what starts the next line. Right? So if I'm like, the goat is the end of the line, then I'll be like, milk is so creamy and good. Like goat to milk? Oh, goat milk. Like that's what was triggered in me. And so then you write line by line with those triggering, triggering new images. And that keeps us from being so linear, like A to B to C to D to E, but being more visual and imagistic in how we move from movement to movement in our writing. Anyways, TMI. Um, so what I want to do is for us to practice praying the Lord's Prayer, but only the first part of my father, or our father, right? But you can say my father. And in my case, I said my father, dash. And then I wrote the trigger, right? The trigger for me, whose teachings are for me now like jewels, right? That was the next phrase that came from out of father. That's what was triggered, that image. And then now I have jewels, right? And then there's a hyphen. What triggered, what, what is triggering for me from jewels? It's diamonds after cold time and the pressure and pressure cut clarity care, right? It probably doesn't make sense to you. It's really deep for me. So, and it will for you. But you know, actually, I pray sometimes through writing, creative writing. I'll, I'll write poetry in my journal, and I don't, I won't even know what's going on in me. But when I go back and read what I wrote, I'm like. Yeah, that wasn't linear, but that makes sense. That's what I'm going through. That articulates. For you right brain, left brain people, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? But this is going to be a right brain exercise. So I want you to take a piece of paper or your iPhone note app or your Android note app and start with our father. Right? Our father of dash. And just let yourself go. Be free with your thoughts. As, but you, we're also praying. So as soon as you say, our Father, dash, 
when you think about our Father, what is the first image or line that comes into your head off of our Father? What triggers in your heart or your brain? And just write it down. It could be crazy. It could be outright insane or not make sense at all. That's okay. Just put it down. Now you wrote that first, that next line, hyphen, take the last word or last two words or last image in that line, go to the next line of what's triggered, what's triggered in your heart and your brain after that. And just write it down, doesn't matter. kids out there, we're writing out a prayer, right? So when you start with our Father and, and write something that whatever you think about, when you think about our Father, say whatever you want to our Father or what comes to your heart and mind. So I'm gonna I'm going to pray mine really quick, and then I I'm gonna ask people if anyone would like to share theirs. But here goes mine. My father, whose teachings unfold for me now like jewels, diamonds after cool time and pressure, cut clarity, care. And what this means to me is, over time, like I might not understand what God is teaching me. Right? But over time, his teaching or his wisdom become like jewels. Just like initially a diamond, before it's a diamond, is a piece of coal. But with time and pressure, it becomes something amazing. And so all you kids out there, your parents may nag you and say things to you and say like, hey, you should do this and try to teach you, and you may get annoyed. But over time, you'll look back and you'll be like, that was amazing. Right? So it is with God our Father. Right? He teaches us things and we may not be ready. Or it may not look good or right. It may be just a piece of black coal. But over time, with pressure, they become like jewels or pieces of wisdom. So does anyone want to share what they wrote? All right. There's a lot about protection in that. 
Anyone else? Couple? Come on, I know you're out there. Robin. You know, when I was a young kid, we used to say a rote prayer, a memorized prayer before we ate. Maybe some of you may say, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. Uh, by his hands we are fed, give us, Lord, our daily bread, right? And so like praying before a meal, you know, even now we still kind of like, if we don't pray before a meal, you kind of feel guilty. And, I, and then I get, went into a phase where I stopped praying before a meal because I was like, where is it written? You know, the theology student, where in scripture does it say before every meal you should pray? It's probably, you know, it's probably something that you glean out. But, uh, and it's good. And these, yeah, these things are important. These kind of, when you do devotions with your children, when you read scripture, when you do daily bread, daily devotionals, or when you memorize scripture, these are all forms which leads us to the practice, right? Um, but I think sometimes when the form becomes what we focus on, rather than the art, the practice of being in the presence of God, that's where we sometimes lose things. And I think the next phase for many of us is to take off the training wheels, right? And allow ourselves to experiment with prayer. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, I can say God is good, God is great, let us stand for our food before a meal, or I can say your teachings that unfold for me like jewels, right? It's different, it's weird, but it's opening up something else. It's something opening up something so much more. And so I think, yes, black and white and, and kind of disciplines are really good and important, but they're only, and forms are important, but they're only important in that they grow us into people who can become artists, right? 
So an uh, old poetry teacher used to tell me, uh, we, all we did for a quarter was copy other people's poems. And then, they, then she'd assign us to imitate Robert Frost, write a poem as he would. Ah, I gotta write like him, right? I gotta rhyme like him. I got my own rhymes, right? Let me flip the script. Not Robert Frost, some old guy. <laughs> but she said, you know, you have to learn these forms, right? That's the baseline. You have to practice these because that's, you're standing on the shoulders of these traditions. But once you copy, 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 soon your own voice will start to come out. So copying is not where we stop. Copying gets us to where our voice comes out, our individuality comes out, our creativity. And so it is with faith and prayer and worship. When we're young, we copy, we follow the rules, we obey the commands, we practice disciplines so that it becomes, so that we can fly later. Amen? So that's what I want for us as we grow in prayer is to do is to spread your wings take the risk our father right it's a very intimate phrase and he, just imagine god being like go do it right say what you want to say say what you want to say <laughs> say what you want to say right? say what you want to say do what you want to do i'm here I'm listening. Amen? Amen? God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word in our life. Thank you for this lesson of a prayer, your prayer, beginning with our Father. Please heal in us the ways that our image of Father are uh, broken and we are hurt by that. Continue to redeem and heal our lives. Uh, by showing yourself the good, good Father. Teach us how to pray continually every day. Teach us how to pray. In your name, amen.